0: Where do we get such professional voiceovers? Grace is turning a shade of red, so I won't continue with that. Um, but I, I'm doing something that I almost never do and thinking about next week before wrapping up this week. I don't like doing that, but um, it's really been on my mind and my heart and in, in prayer for all of you, all of uh, those who are part of our church, even those who uh, will come along the way in the next two months. Um, it's pretty crazy. If you think about it, Easter is in two months, Right. And uh, it's the end of March, it's a little earlier this year, and um, what my prayer is, and I just want to, I'm going to pray in a second for all, for all of you, um, but I, I'm going to ask you to pray with me, uh, don't just sit silently while I pray, and then be in prayer. Uh, this can be a great time. We know the enemy attacks, tries to distract you. It can be a great time for us to just constantly look at the cross, and what Jesus said, and what that has to do with us. So let's pray. Father, Uh, I I just feel moved to ask you for mighty things for those of us who are part of this church, who will be a part of this in the next couple of months, looking at at the words, Jesus, that you spoke from that cross. And Lord, I pray that you would save. I pray that you would heal. I pray that you would give us a depth of understanding that we've never had or a reminder um, of how great you are. Lord, I pray that... Others would join us and hear of your good news as we take this journey all the way to the celebration of that empty tomb. Lord, that we would feel broken and joyful, that we would feel mourning over what you had to do, but with great hope because you did it. And so we give all of this to you. And I pray now for uh, this last message of this series, that you would show us how to connect to you better and to one another as your family. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. All right, so I promise we're, we're not moving on yet. Um, I, I joked last week, if you were with us, that uh, we said it was a four-week quick series, came out of my uh, my sabbatical, as I read all of these different passages, and I just kept seeing this theme of believe, obey, and worship throughout it, right? So we're like, well, four weeks, it's only three letters. We've already covered the three letters, Jamie, what are we going to do today? I'm glad you asked. Um, and so I, uh, I've been thinking a, a little bit. I have a few over here. Oh, somebody actually put them together. Amazing. One of our kids, I'm sure. Puzzles. I am so bad at puzzles. And if I'm going to ever fulfill my lifelong dream of being on the show Survivor, I know it's a weird dream. Just let me have it. All right. And uh, you'll watch, you know, you will. Uh, it, I need to get better. They have so many puzzles that I'll be like, oh, that will be my weakness. So anyone here great at puzzles? Maybe you could tutor me. Go ahead. Come on. You love Maybe you just love puzzles. Maybe you're not great at them, but you love them. Okay. A lot of you. So if you're not that, um, do you know how to make a puzzle maker insane? Anybody? Oh, I think I heard it. I think I heard it. Well, yeah, that's, that's what you do. Yeah bad news right there. Last night after church, Jeff Harvey came up to me and he showed me a picture of a puzzle he just did. And he said, we got it from Walmart. And literally there's like three pieces missing. I'm so mad at Walmart. And he showed me. I was like, where was this before my sermon? And then I looked at his wife, Randy, and he said, Randy, is this Walmart or is this you? So we don't know. We don't know the mystery of that. But that'll make you go insane, right? But the idea here is every puzzle piece, okay, in a puzzle is unique. It's shaped and unique in of itself, for sure, right? And 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 yet it's made to go together, the whole puzzle. Right? And and so so and, and when one is missing, it's not good. When several are missing, it is even worse. And the idea of this message, and the point I want to get across, is that Every one of us who are in Christ are like this puzzle piece. You're unique. You're individual. There's amazing things that God's given you and done with you and for you and around you. And yet, you were made to really flourish together with uh, the family of God. And so, what does that have to do with bow, Jamie? Right? So, let me, uh, one last time, if you've been with us every week, we've been putting this before you just so you really know, all right? My incredible strength, no, that this rock has represented the B, right? Believe. And, and really, that's just to be the rock is, is, is um, that, that whatever might come, you believe God. You believe his word. It encompasses faith. It encompasses hope. And it, it, is, it, is, it is not just I sort of believe. It is I believe, right? And, and so let me get our chain one more time, right? This represents the O, our second week. All right, so if you were with us, that this we are chained to, in a good way, to what we believe. So the voice that we believe we will owe, obey. If you, if you believe the voice of culture or of something else or even your own inner heart, right, follow your own heart, all that uh, mess, you, you're going you're gonna to obey your own heart. And that's gonna turn really bad. A lot of us know that. But if you believe God and His Word, you'll obey it. And then W last week, right? To worship, to put God before us. He is worthy and He is holy. And so today is all about saying that we can't do those things the way God has intended by ourselves. And when you recede to be an individual only on an island, it will stunt any growth in believing, obeying, and worshiping. God has so much for us, and we need the one another. Now, um, as, I, as I get to this, I, I want my first instruction to you is to breathe. Not snore, not snore, different kind of breath. Breathe. This is not a guilt sermon. We're not signing you up for stuff, okay? Like we can, if we want, if you want, but we're, we're, that's not like um, last night uh, before church. Jen Nixon said to me, "Oh, Jamie, is this your yearly get connected to the church sermon?" I was like, first of all, it's twice a year, okay? And yes, all right, it is, but but it's not um, a guilt. God, our faith is not born out of guilt." If that was your uh, upbringing somewhere, that's not (laughs) biblical Christian faith. Jesus took our guilt. The cross is all about the guilt that Jesus took, right? We are a people who live out of grace. And so we love Christ, and therefore we want to believe him more. We want to obey him more, and we want to worship him more, and we need each other to do it. That's what it is. Guilt, I've told you, I can be the greatest sermon ever on guilt, and I'll get you to your car. Maybe home, maybe Monday morning if I'm extra good, and then it will dissipate like dew. It doesn't work. And so that's not breathe. Everyone is on every different sort of where God has you. But uh, it's always very important to me because... um, In in the book of Hebrews, it says that I, along with our elders, are going to be held accountable for for caring for your souls. That scares me. Like, really? So I'm always like, how are we caring enough for your souls? Because I don't want to be held accountable for that, right? I want to know that I did everything I could to help you. But in the end, every one of us has to do what God's called us to do. So the word in the Greek, all right, I want to make you super nerds, all right, is alelon, alelon, alelon. Now you're, you're a nerd, you can say that, right? It's one word in the Greek, which was the, the New Testament was written in originally, it's now translated for us in English. But alelon is um, a, a word that we see in those books from Matthew to Revelation to, uh, 100 times. 94 different verses. Almost 60 unique commands, allelon. In English, it's two words. Of course, we got to be wordy, right? It means one another. And it's almost always, probably always. There's a couple of in marriage that you know you could you could quibble with, but it doesn't just mean one another like anybody, your coworkers or your neighbors or or uh, even your extended family members or whatever. Those are important people, but the one another in the scriptures is other Christians. It's allelon one another. Um, Here's a couple of stats for you real quick, right? Because I want to make sure, I'm not going to bring out all that would be uh, 94 verses. We don't have time for that, right? But here's some things to to note about it. Um, A third of those deal with unity, like be at peace with one another. Don't grumble with one another. Accept one another. That's a real good one. It doesn't mean accept someone's sin. It doesn't mean accept abuse. It doesn't mean, it means accept like, like in a way that, that you might be different than me. And it might make me uncomfortable or it might make me, uh, you're not like, that wouldn't be how I would do it, right? Or, or accept the fact that you're a different age uh, generation than me or a different culture than me. and a different, like, like sometimes that's why unity is so important, right? I said at the 9 o'clock, it, you know, because we had little Ben Magolia running up and down as I was saying that. And I said, I can accept Ben out of love, even though, and he stopped for at least five seconds when I said that. <laughs> to accept one another. Oh, more, right? Be, so, uh, let's see be at peace with one another, don't grumble at one another, don't envy one another, be kind to one another, forgive one another, bear with one another, don't complain to one another. Another third has to do with loving one another, right? Like, serve one another, greet one another, be devoted to one another. There's lots that, that involve the attitude of humility, honor one another, wash one another's feet, I'll be ready afterwards, guys, if you really want to apply this sermon. Uh, Right? Wash one another's feet. Uh, Regard one another more important than yourselves. Other things like don't lie to one another. Speak truth to one another. Encourage one another. Be hospitable to one another. Teach one another. Admonish one another. And on and on it goes. In other words, you cannot fulfill the Christian life by yourself. Now, Jamie. Jamie. If I was on a deserted island somewhere, are you saying I wouldn't be a Christian? No. You are individually saved by your faith in Jesus Christ. And on that deserted island, I no doubt that God, in God and his grace, he would grow you in your faith. You certainly would have trials, I'm guessing. But you're not on a deserted island. And imagine if you, you share the gospel with somebody, they put their faith in Christ, I mean legit, Maybe you even baptize him, the swimming pool right there or something like that, right? And it's amazing they come to Christ and then you give him a swat in the rump and say, "Good luck, buddy," and leave him by himself. Well, what would happen? The same thing that if you had a, a little baby born, you're like, "Oh, he's so cute. Good luck, bud." No family to raise him, nobody to help him, nobody to teach him. No, no, they would be stunted. He'd still be there, but it would really go poorly. That's the point. We need, we're the family of God, we're the body of Christ, we're the bride of Christ. And it's through that that we can truly flourish in believing, obeying, and worshiping. We're not meant to be alone. Let me just give you a couple places in, in scripture. Um, if you have a church background, um, if you don't, don't worry, I'll catch you up to speed. You're probably going to be familiar with this in Acts chapter 2. Now the book of Acts... Um, it's really all about, after Jesus ascends to heaven, he leaves a pretty small group, not even 200 people uh, of his followers, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. But the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. Uh, Peter preaches, 3,000 come to Christ. He goes from a small church to a big one like that, right? And then the book of Acts traces the gospel. It goes to the, end of the ends of the earth. Throughout the book of Acts, there's these summary statements going from like in the weeds with Peter and with Paul and other people, right? And then it, it, the book, the, the author Luke, he brings us out to give a summary of what's what's happening. It doesn't mean it's perfect. We see in Acts, It's not perfect. But beautiful things are happening. And the very first summary statement is here starting in verse 42. And, and it's... Um, it, remember, this is early on. Most, almost all of them are Jewish Christians. They don't see themselves as separate. They see Jesus as the Messiah. And they're still going to the temple and all of that, right? And so it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Some have argued over the years, is, uh, are we talking here about different elements of a corporate service like we are right here, right now? Or are we talking about a different elements of just a community in general? And the answer is yes, both. All right, think about it. Today alone, right, that, 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 that we get together to devote each other to the apostles' teaching. That's the New Testament. That's the scriptures, right? We, we teach, we fellowship. That's koinonia, the one another, breaking of bread. Some think that's the Lord's Supper. We celebrated that today. Others think there was meal. So we do that in between services. We're going to have a barbecue next week. We don't necessarily do that every single time we get together, but a lot. So we do those things as part of a service, right? We worship. We do all those things. But we should also be doing those things individually, like in our homes, in our groups, in our families. Breaking bread, worshiping, opening God's word, praying, all of those things as we're devoted to one another. The summary continues. Awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So we're going to get the offering plates out now and we're going to pass that around. Just kidding. You look nervous. Don't worry. We're not going to do that. This is not communism. This is not forced like coercion to something. This was, uh, again, a bird's eye view of a community that was radically generous. When someone had a need and they had extra, they gave it, right? You can see the puzzle being formed. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, so again, most of them are are, are still Jewish at this point, um, and and their, their their corporate gatherings were at the temple before it was destroyed, and and yet they so they had their corporate gatherings like we're here now, let's get together, and then they had their their more you know less formal or informal gatherings at each other's homes, opening uh, God's word, praying together, worshiping, laughing, crying, grieving, all of those things as they form the one another, and it. Concludes the, the summary statement praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You know what? The, as a pastor, we'll get all kinds of offers that you can buy these evangelism programs. And some of them have good tools, but you know what? The best free evangelism program you can do as a church love one another in such a way that it's radical. That people on the outside, again, not love each other like a holy huddle. Like, we love each other, you stay out. No. No. Instead, people get to see in and say, wow, how you do that, there's something intriguing. And you say, well, let's introduce you to our Savior. That's why we're like this. Right? And and instead of a church that's grumbling, complaining, and angry, and power hungry, someone comes in and goes, yeah, I got enough of that outside. I don't need it. More and more were being added just because of the way they were worshiping with one another, believing and obeying with one another. So what does this have to do with that bow? Again, you need, I need, we need each other to be able to do this. Whether it's formal, whether it's informal, right? Otherwise, we will be stunted like that baby, right? Um, Sometimes... We stunt ourselves. We, we purposefully recede, right, for a lot of different reasons. I did that very early in my Christian life. Um, I've, I've told the story many times when I came to Christ in college, um, and I had grown up Roman Catholic, and just I don't know if it's just my experience, but what I kind of perceived was, Christian faith is individualistic. You go to church as an obligation. You probably serve. I had watched my parents serve, so that was kind of ingrained in me. You should help out, right? But other than that, you're on your own. And that's kind of how I approached it. I was, I was saved. I was reading my Bible. I was reading books. I love books. I love to read. I was reading apologetic books, right? All that stuff. But I wasn't like, I was like stunted. I wasn't moving. I wasn't going anywhere. Heather, uh, we got married, Heather and I. And uh, she, um, we, we uh, lived our first year of our marriage in uh, Framingham because we both worked out that way. And we found a church in Natick that we went for, for a little bit while we lived there. And it was fine. It was a good church. I went every Sunday, you know, whenever we could. And, but Heather, of course, she wanted to do more. And she said to me, she's like, hey, they have these like small groups. We should, we should go to one. I was like, oh. And then she had one specific one. She's like, I'm going to go. I want you to come with me. When is it? Sunday night. Are you serious? I go to work Monday morning. I'm not, oh, right? And, and she pleaded with me. Like, I remember, I feel so terrible now, but she was like, please come, please come. I'm like, the Celtics are on tonight. No way. Are you kidding me, right? And so she went off by herself from our apartment in Framingham. And, and, and she tells the story afterwards that she wept the whole way in prayer. Like she's like, God, did I make a mistake? I know he's the handsomest guy in the world. <laughs> All right, that might be an addition. I don't think she actually said that. No, she was like, What did we do? What, like, he does it, he won't, right? And I always laugh, like, what God might have been thinking. Like, Oh, you just wait. Oh. Yeah, I just want him to go to a small group. I don't want him to become a pastor. I really don't want that. But she felt that, and she should. And I was stunted, and it continued. We bought a house, our first house in Douglas, and we moved out here. So we started coming to this church, North Uxridge Baptist Church, all the way back in the day. And she wanted to get involved, and she would ask me and ask me and ask me. No, no, no. One day, for those of you who go way back, our pastor then was Andrew Ford, and his wife, Jill, came up to me after church and said, Hey, Jamie, we're starting a young adult Bible study. Do you want to come? Yeah. <laughs> Heather was like, <laughs> one question from Jill, and it's a, Yeah. Sometimes the way it works, by the way, right? Like sometimes they, you just need to invite. It's just something about you that they'll be like, "Okay, that God will use you." So I went. Now I didn't go to the first group and be like, "I want to go to seminary." It didn't help. Didn't work that way. But gradually, right, meeting with other believers, seeing how they believe through tough times, watching them opening God's word, hearing from, like, doing life together, praying together, I began to stir. Right? It was still a little bit like running in mud, but it began to stir. And ever since then, there's been so many of those types of groups for me that have shaped me. So many, If I had time, we could bring up testimonies. So many of you could say the same thing. One of my favorites, though, and probably the weirdest, was um, I become associate pastor. And our lead pastor at the time, Pastor Kurt, he had made this program developing all these small groups. And it was really effective. So much so he didn't have enough leaders. So he was my boss. So he said, kindly, you're going to lead this group. And I was like, okay. And it was a group that Heather and I went to where everyone was... Dick and Jan are back there. You were probably the youngest at the time. Uh, Everyone was, uh, we went from 98 to somewhere, probably around 60 or something like that, right? And Heather and I were 30. So you can imagine, not the greatest fit. I I like older people, so I was fine with it. We get there, but I realized really quickly that I needed to devote a half hour before we got into any of God's word or anything like that to letting everyone talk about who's in the hospital, Who's in rehab? Who did you read about in the obituary? Like, that's just what they talked about, right? And, and yet, so there was like a weird fit. And believe me when I tell you this, I cherish that group that lasted about a year. And, and probably at least half of them are, are with the Lord now. I was with Avis Williams, who had been following the Lord for like 80 years at that time. Like, think about what that did for me. I wouldn't have had if I wasn't in that group. And so these things, whether they're formal or informal, are the one another that you got to be willing to plug in to. Let me give you one other place where, again, if you have a church background, it'll be pretty familiar. Um, the writer of Hebrews. Uh, he, he was writing to this group. We don't really know a lot about them except they were kind of reverting away from the one another and kind of wanting to go back to a lot of Judaistic, Jewish uh, law type stuff. That's very simplistic. That's kind of the general parameters of the letter. But you get to chapter 10, and, and, he, and, he, and he says this, right? In the middle of his, his thought, right? He says this. Let us, notice the us? You notice the us? Not you over there, me over there. Let us... Draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now let us, so together, draw near. Now, what what is he talking about? That all that sprinkling and stuff like that. The priest in the Old Testament would, in order to draw near to the presence of God, would need washings and would need this whole thing with the sacrificial animal blood being sprinkled on him so he would be cleansed. You were, if you were with us last week, I told the story of Uzzah and accidentally touching the ark. That didn't go well for him, right? Uh, uh, great story. Ben, little Ben Begolia, he, he, at the Lego build-off, he made the ark with the poles. I saw a picture, Haley sent it to me. Amazing. But in typical Ben fashion, he was also walking around trying to get people to touch it. <laughs> I'm like, that just encapsulates that kid so much. So much depth, and yet, we got ways to go. But so funny, too. And, and yet, that the, the, the represents the holiness of God. So the priest had to be very careful and cleansed. So what's the Hebrews writer saying? We, us, can together approach God without doing all of that because of Christ's blood shed for us. He's cleansed us. Yes, it's physically represented in the waters of baptism, but, but the washings that the priests had, we have because of Jesus. And so I know we don't always think of it like this. It is an honor and a privilege every time we go to prayer, every time we go to worship, every time we even come to take the Lord's Supper. This is approaching God together, and it is an honor to do it because it's only because of Christ that we can. And so he says, let's keep doing it. He says, we have to do it. It continues in verse 23. Let us hold fast to confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Right? That makes me think of holding fast to the rock. Right? That hope is part of, that's why we believe, because of our hope. Whatever I'm going through. Right? And so, like, there's times where where you need me to help you. And there's times I need you to help me cling to hope, to believe. Don't waver. Like last last week I, I I mentioned the wildernessy part of the of the worship, and, and I said for me, sometimes Mondays are, are wildernessy. And I promise I was not trying to elicit any responses from people. Um, but there was a handful of our church who either emailed or texted me. Saturday, uh, Sunday night or Monday morning, saying, don't you listen to the enemy. God used you, got right all this purging stuff. And I was like, man, right, I need you as much as you need me. That's the one another. If you try to do it by yourself, you're going to waver eventually. You're not perfect. You're not, you're human. You need people to hold on to you when you can't hold on. And that's why he says, together we do this. He says, uh, to, to finish it off, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Don't neglect it, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's capital D. By the way, that's the day of the Lord, so the more you see the end coming, the more you should gather with God's people, right? The more... And, and, this isn't just a church attendance uh, passage. This is about being in the one another, right? And, and, and why? Stir up. That's a word that means provoke or incite. That's usually negative. <laughs> and provoke people or incite a riot or something like that. But it's stir up. It also can be positive like here. It's getting you going towards what? Love and good works. What's love and good works? Obedience. The more we obey God, the more we're loving people. The more we're we're, we're obeying God, the more we're doing things that, that, that he's called us to do more and more like Jesus. We need each other to stir each other up to do that. It's not me stirring all of you up and off you go. It's one another stirring each other up, encouraging each other to not stop, right? That, that, that he says, don't stop meeting together. Here's the problem. I know, I've been at this long enough, that some of you either are scared because you've never done it, and you're like, I don't know, it's people. I know, people are scary, right? Or, even worse, you've been hurt or burned in a church, Right? That's why there's so many of these one another verses that are bear with one another, accept one another, forgive one another, be patient with one another. It's not going to be perfect. And if you find, you know the old saying, if you find a perfect church, don't join it. It won't be perfect anymore. That's me insulting every one of you, so there you go. And me too. Right? And, and so, it's, it's the, the, the reason why it can get messy in the book of Acts Right, I'll read chapter 5, all right? Right on through to today. It's because everyone who's in Christ here, me included, the most uh, amazing, strongest Christian you know included, we're all on this spectrum of sanctification where God's Spirit is slowly but surely turning us more like Jesus, and yet we still have baggage, we still have temptation. We still have sin struggles. We still have all kinds of stuff that we're battling. And so when you add that mess together, it's going to be problems. Then you say, why? We're a really eclectic group. We're, the only thing that bonds us together is Jesus. We're different ages, different cultures, different backgrounds. different. You put all that together, it's going to mean misunderstanding at times. It's going to mean someone's going to hurt you, and yet it's worth it to learn how to forgive, to learn how to not say like the world does, you hurt me, I'm out of here, to instead say, I'm going to forgive you. And we're going to see a deeper relationship. That's what God wants. And the one another is what provides that. So being in each other, sometimes it's, um, it, it's formal like groups or whatever, but sometimes it's informal. You know, speaking of Ben, his dad, Ben, who was here at the nine, and he yelled at me for this because I'll tell you in a second, uh, you don't want to get yelled at by Ben, by the way. Uh, he, he 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 just a couple years ago, he said, "You know what? God just put it on his heart. I'm going to start inviting some guys over to read God's word and pray together and be in each other's lives." Right. So he started targeting guys he saw get baptized. Targeting's a weird word, but for Ben it actually makes sense. And and it's been a couple of years, and now like he doesn't have enough room at their table. And it's these guys, and some of you probably, like, it was never an announcement at church. It wasn't in a bulletin or on our website. He just did it. And he's yelling at me because he's like, now I'm going to have even more. I don't know if I have room. And I'm like, you'll be fine. God will work it out. Build a new house. We'll help you. It's fine. (laughs) You got guys there? Give them a hammer. It'll be fine. Blow a wall out. So sometimes it's informal. Just inviting people over your house. Like there's, it, it, it's, I, I can't, this isn't like um, school. You graduated from kindergarten, then you go to first grade, you're in ninth grade, now you're like, it just can't be like that. And some type A people want it to be like that. That's not. One of the best ways for me, the biggest catalyst outside of my conversion to Christ, right, was ministry team. I told you when my, my growth was stunted, when I was kind of resisting And then I started going to a group, and so that helped a little bit. But the biggest catalyst was, for you guys who go way back, we had a youth pastor named Pastor Jay and his wife, Megan. They were similar ages to uh, Heather and I, so sometimes we'd get together and play games or whatever. And remember, Heather's trying to get me to do more. No, no, no. So one day, Jay just turns to to me and goes, you should help out with youth ministry. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Heather's like, again with this. And the ironic thing, it was Sunday night, oh, always with the Sunday night. And so we went, and it was fine. We, you know, I'm sure the other youth leaders are like, this crazy guy who can't sit still in church? That's why I'm up here, by the way. I can't sit still in church, all right? I need to move. So, so yeah, we go, it was fine. We did games, we did all, you know, it was fine. I love that age group, it's always been my favorite, always, 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 and, and always will be. And so, uh, but that was fine until like two months later, Pastor Jay resigned and moved away. And so we were left going, what do we do? And we sat around, Tom and Chris, Tom just led communion. Two of those people that were youth leaders, Darren and Tom, are elders. They weren't then, that's for sure. And we sat around the table, and we didn't really know each other, and we just said, do we let it fall, or do we just do something about it? And we did. And we began to meet every week, not just with the teens, but together. And it wasn't long where the teens were an afterthought. We loved them, but it was really just about getting together together and our friendship and relationships. But we did love those teens. And we yearned for their souls. We prayed for them. Sometimes it was nine of them showing up. There was more leaders some weeks than teens back then. And yet, the forging of friendship, it meant so much to me. and. Uh, and and serving right, like I remember, we did this lesson on baptism, and I had been so stubborn because I had been baptized as a baby, and I'm like, I'm not, I don't need to do that. I don't care what God's word says. I don't need to do that. And and we're telling the teens they need to be baptized if they're believers, and I'm like, oh. so I got baptized with them, right, same time. And and so you see, it's in that ministry, in those relationships, that you believe more, you obey, and you worship and you stay on course because of one another. It just incited me to do even more. You know, you've ever been part of a small church where you're excited? You end up doing everything, right? I like, oh, you know, you wanna be an usher? Sure, you need a suit. I don't have a suit, what are you talking about? Like, you can teach the teen Sunday school. Okay, sounds good, love teens, they show up at 9.30. So I introduced them, not just to Jesus, but to coffee as well. <laughs> And I see the Freitas is over there. I still get credit from their daughter, Julie, who's now married with three kids. that I introduced her to coffee. I'm like, thanks, Julie. All those years, that's what you remember, right? But it worked. You should have saw that class, teenagers. So it's like, woo, right? And on and on it goes, right? And, and I'm sorry to talk so much of my story, but that's all I got, my story. You got your story. Whatever it is, wherever you are, remember the one another. Let me just give you one more verse to close, right? Paul wrote this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. It's such a great summary that when you're with one another and you're worshiping and you're believing and you're opening God's word and you're doing life and then you have to forgive each other and then you have to, right, that as you do that, right, you grow. Look, now I'm a pastor. I don't want to scare any of you, but Who knows? You might do this and get too involved into one another, and pretty soon you're up here. Like, I probably shouldn't say that. You're like, uh, I don't want to do that. Probably not. But God does have great things for you. You are the unique puzzle piece that we're missing sometimes. Now, here's all I'm going to ask from you, okay? Not a guilt sermon. We're all over the map, right? And it's simply this, one step. To pray about it. Not to necessarily take it today. You can if you want, but just pray. What does God want me to do? One step within the community, depending on where I'm at. Now we got, well, let, me, let me just say, there's two different uh, ends of the spectrum. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I mean, you believe he died for you, he rose, like Tom laid out with the gospel before we took the Lord's Supper. You've never really did it. That's got to be your first step. I'm not saying we don't want you, we don't love you, there's not some things you could probably do. I'm just saying none of it's really gonna do much for you if you don't first just give yourself over to Jesus. I can't do it, Jesus save me. But now, other end of the spectrum, some of you are already involved in 14 different things and you're, already, you're like type A, you're like, oh, I gotta add a 15th. No, breathe, breathe, right? Instead, this is just a, you pray about it. This is just a, a potential way to take a first step if you're already really, really plugged in. Is ask God how you can be more purposeful in what you're already doing. Maybe there's somebody you could encourage more, something you could pray about, some way you're maybe going through the motions. I don't know, but that's maybe a one step for you. And then there's everywhere in between. This isn't an age thing. It's uh, we got places to belong. If you're a baby, right on to those of you that are much less. You know, you're starting to get to the other end of baby, right? And everywhere in between. I was asked by Pastor Josh a couple weeks ago to come talk to our teens about plugging in and and serving in the church. And I looked around and I was like, three quarters of you already do, which is awesome. They're in the nursery. They're doing, uh, they're helping with the Lego build off. They're helping with children's church. They're helping with the the outreach. They're already doing stuff. So it doesn't, it's not an age thing. Wait till I'm a certain age or whatever it is. It's also not um, uh, 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 how long you've been at the church. Maybe this is your first week. It's great. I mean, why not start now? We have a a woman named Paula who has only been coming to church for like a month. Last week, I saw her taking pictures. I mean, we we gave her the camera. She wasn't just doing it on her own. She was on the photography team. I was like, go, Paula. Like, she didn't waste any time. So we've we've given you two uh, tools. I'm giving you two tools today, all right? And that is, number one, you probably got this, or if not, there's some out there still. Um, We apologize if we missed anybody or anything. But this is, we kind of put together a lot of different ways, groups that we have, um, ladies and men's ministries, uh, we got children's, we got teen, we got young adult, we got uh, outreach, we got worship team, I mean, hospitality, it's all in here. So pray about it, maybe there's, and there's all contact, there's like emails um, you can get in touch with if you're like, I can do that, that's how God wants me to take a step to belong, to do, to serve, to, to to join a group, join a Bible study, something, right, that God wants me to, to do or be involved in. The second thing is we're gonna have some of our, our staff around uh, after we sing, and I give the benediction if you have questions. I'll be here, uh, some of our other people will either be here or out there that you can come up to and just say, hey, can you answer this question for me, okay? I'll be here if nothing else, and I can direct you. We, like I said, we just... I never want it to be our fault that you're not plugged in. If, that, if it's in a season where you need to rest and it's not for you right now, that's between you and the Lord. But I just don't want you to say, it's your fault. I never knew how to plug in. Does that make sense? Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We, we worship you, Lord. You are worthy, and we're going to sing. And, and that's just our, our song to you. But, Lord, we also want to believe you in your word more. We want to obey you in your word more not just during a sermon series, but in our very life, Lord, would you help us to plug in? Would you show us what that one step is? Whatever it is, God, show us. Maybe you want to take, a, to take more than one step. Show us that. Maybe I'm underselling it. God, you be God, not me. Lord, if there's anyone here who just needs to put all their chips in the table and trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that even now you'd give them the faith to believe. Open their their eyes of faith. Open their heart to say, yes, Jesus, I need you. Save me. Lord, may that be their biggest one step into community. Lord, for those who are are nervous, maybe those who have been hurt, maybe those who feel forgotten, Lord, would you give them grace would you wash over them with wisdom, and me included? Give us courage where we need it. Lord, if there's someone on, that you would put different people on each person here's hearts to invite to a group, to, to a ministry, to church, to somewhere, to, to help them belong better to your community, to your family. We give you all praise, all glory, all honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you can, would you stand with me and let's sing together.